My name's Rob Howes. This is the SLAS Discovery Podcast. Welcome to the SLAS Discovery Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jeremy McGiven from Angem to talk about the special collection on Iron Channels. Joe, can you tell our listeners a little about yourself? Hey Rob, thanks for the invitation to join the podcast and it's a pleasure to be here. Um, so I work at Amgen. I've been with Amgen for more than 20 years now and I currently lead uh, a bioassay and profiling group. We're focused on assay development for all target classes, uh, including ion channels, obviously, that's my background, but receptors, enzymes, protein-protein interactions, you name it. We develop assays to support high-throughput screening. We develop assays to support chemistry uh, so that we can optimize lead molecules that come out of screens. Um, we're agnostic in terms of the technologies that we employ. So we do a lot of biochemical assays, activity and binding assays, for example. And we also develop a lot of cellular assays, looking at cell signaling events, um, as well as second messenger changes, and phosphorylation events, etc. So put quite a broad background in different assay technologies, uh, always plate-based, most often using engineered systems. So it could be a purified protein, or uh, a cell line overexpressing a target of interest. And more recently, we've also engaged in some gene editing to, so that we could tag endogenous genes in, for example, cancer cell lines to look at protein homeostasis. Thanks, Joe. That was really interesting. Can you tell us more about the special collection on iron channels in the upcoming edition of SLAS Discovery? Yeah, so for the uh, June issue of SLAS Discovery, uh, there were four iron channel uh, manuscripts submitted, three uh, original research and, and one review, and they, they really spanned uh, a broad range of technologies and also a broad range of ion channels in their focus. Uh, they were generally focused on uh, screening technologies, um, so discussion about you know, different plate-based assay formats, as well as automated and manual electrophysiology methods. So one of the interesting things to me about ion channels is that regardless of which ion passes through them, they all generate a current and they all generate a voltage change. So at some level, having um, a universal screening technology uh, is very advantageous. Uh, it, and that's the electrophysiology-based methods. But in general, those are lower throughput than some of the other fluorescence-based methods, for example. So for ion channels, um, we, we typically employ a wide variety of different technologies at different stages of drug discovery. And so the four papers that were submitted each tend to address uh, a different area um, of ion channel screening technologies. Uh, for example, some of the more physiologically relevant uh, formats, uh, as well as systems using um, primary cortical neurons, for example. So quite, quite a, a broad range of topics contained within the four ion channel papers. And so it was felt that uh, a special collection was warranted. That sounds really interesting. So why are you particularly interested in ion channels? You mentioned this was part of your background. Yeah. Right. I came to biology a little bit late in my uh, student career. Um, I, in, in the beginning, I, I primarily focused on physics and chemistry and didn't really study any biology in high school. Uh, so when I went to university, I, I started 
getting interested in, in physiology. Um, and I think that's consistent with my background in physics. And I had the opportunity to work in an electrophysiology lab. So I was fascinated by this, you know, currents and voltages across cell membranes and how this could be involved in cell signaling. So that's how I kind of came to the field. And obviously, you know, working in the neuroscience field, ion channels are, are very important uh, for uh, signal propagation and communication between neurons. So I had an opportunity to do my PhD in Norman Schofield's lab in uh, Queen's University in Belfast, and I, I jumped at that opportunity. So initially I learned about uh, recording electrical activity from brain slices and looking at the effects of anesthetics on the electrical activity. And I just kind of went from there, learned more electrophysiology methods when I made my switch to industry, learned how to patch clamp. And what intrigues me about ion channels is that using the electrophysiology methods, you can actually see in real time the activity of the channel. So you can see the current in you know millisecond sort of time frame. You can measure those currents and you can, again, in real time, study the effects of modulators on the current. So that, that, that fascinates me, the ability to do it in real time. And also I'm fascinated by the fact that a lot of the cells in your body can actually generate electrical signals and that we can record them. And that in turn, they are targets of many drugs that are used for treating epilepsy as anesthetics, et cetera. So it's a, a really ripe field for study. That's great, thank you. That's not a local Californian accent, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of, my, my journey began in Belfast. And after getting my PhD, I went over to Edinburgh to work for a company called Syntex. And that's where I learned how to do the patch clamping. That was my first exposure to drug discovery. And after working at Syntex in Edinburgh for five years, I relocated to Roche Bioscience in Palo Alto, California. Stayed there for another five years, working on chronic pain, neuropathic pain. And after five years at Roche in Palo Alto, Amgen recruited me to Southern California, and I stayed there for more than 17 years. And about two and a half years ago, relocated back to the San Francisco Bay Area, and I now live in San Francisco. Sounds fabulous. Thank you. That's been really interesting. Mm -hmm.